In the spiritual life, the life of grace, when people are in sanctifying grace, there are what you call three ages, three levels of the spiritual life. Beginners, proficients, and perfect. And to move from the beginner to the proficient, there's a crisis in the spiritual life. And to move from the proficient to the perfect, there's a crisis. I'm not going to go into details on that, but just point out when God does something, he parallels it in other ways. In our natural life, there are three divisions. We have youth, adolescence, and adulthood. The transition from youth to adolescence, there's a crisis. The transition from adolescence to our first freedom as adults, there's also a crisis. Now, people that negotiate the first one from youth to adolescence as they're going through puberty and all the struggles of becoming a young teen, they keep progressing forward in a like manner. Some people never really get through that in an adequate fashion, and we know many people that might be in their 40s, but they're really uh, still stuck at, a, at, a, at an age where they had not to be. The second crisis, then, is the first freedom. People leave home, they get kind of giddy and, and get in a wreck. But people that negotiate successfully end up becoming good Catholic contributing adults. You know, they don't have to be Catholic to negotiate that because it's a natural thing, and many Catholics don't, but since we're speaking to Catholics. So we want to get safely out the door. Now, what's the purpose of life? Having said that, the purpose of our life, why God put us here, is to know and love and serve him in this life so we can be happy with him forever in the next. The purpose of our life is to get successfully to heaven. Education serves that purpose. The primary purpose of marriage is the procreation and education of children. What exactly is the purpose of education? If the purpose of life is to get us to heaven, how does education serve that? I'm going to read you some meditations from the brothers of St. John Baptist de la Salle, Christian brothers. To educate a child is to rear him well, to rectify, to cultivate, to strengthen and to polish all the faculties of his soul and body. It is to enable him to become a complete man, to help him be an honor to his family, to his country, and to the church. It is so form him that the good use he makes of this present life will render him worthy of his eternal reward. To educate a child is to develop his intelligence, to exercise and properly direct his judgment, to enrich his memory, to train him to observe, reflect, and reason. It is to help him acquire the knowledge proper to his condition in life and to help him carry this out in regard to the recommendation of Ecclesiasticus. Hast thou children? Instruct them and bow down their neck from their childhood. To educate a child is to inspire him with a love for good and a horror for evil and to develop in his heart noble sentiments of the moral order in which alone the true greatness of man consists. Thus he will appreciate nothing, desire or love nothing, but that which in the eyes of faith and reason is really worthy of esteem, admiration, and love. To educate a child is to direct his will towards accomplishment of the good which God desires of him without constraining or enslaving it. It is to accustom to will and to act energetically through motives that are good, just, and true. It is to make him strong against temptation, to arm him for the struggle in life, and enable him to come forth victorious from it. To educate a child is to form his character so that he will always show himself gentle, amiable, sincere, obliging, and kind. 
as well as firm, courageous, and energetic, always in control of himself and his powers. It is to make him strong against the allurements to softness, but is to strengthen him against the dangers of temptation. It is to teach him to develop habits of order, industry, and economy, respect for one's fellows, and for authority. To educate a child is to correct him in that which is reprehensible. It is to lead him to resist his evil inclinations, to free him from the law of the flesh, and to correct his defects. It is to foster in him the action of grace, with which man's concurrence operates unto perfection, and after the example of Tobias, to urge him particularly to justice and alms deeds, be mindful of God, and bless him at all times in truth with all his power. It is to form him to the knowledge, love, and imitation of Jesus Christ, to lead him to hearty attachment and devotion to the Church, and fulfill all his duties as a Catholic. So, to educate someone, point them in the right direction, help them grow in virtue, conquer their vices, and be able to pass successfully through the crises in life. The eighth grade graduation is right about the time that people enter their first crisis in life, and the church recognizes transitions, but those teen years struggling to keep going in the right direction towards heaven and avoid all the battles that show up in one's life at the teen years. High school graduation, typically time when they're going to start experiencing their first freedom after that. We want to get a momentum to get safely out the door, land safely in heaven, so that education, form the person in virtue, teach him to resist vice, and all the virtues, the natural and supernatural virtues. The opposition understands exactly what is at stake. The devils understand what's at stake, and the people in union with them understand what's at stake. If that sounds extreme, I'll read just a short quote. The whole uh, article is quite horrific, but I copied this out of a magazine years ago called The Humanist. It goes to a lot of uh, professors in, uh, in departments of education and so forth. As you know, I was a public school teacher. If you don't know that, I was. And I was very interested in how these people think. Uh, so I'll just read you a couple paragraphs out of an article called A Religion for a New Age. Uh, I will say this, prefacing this, this was written by a, a fallen away Catholic, and the whole article, the gist of it, is really a long rampage against Catholicism per se. But A Religion for a New Age published in the Humanist in January-February 1983 edition. So here we go. Quote, I'm convinced that the battle for humankind's future must be waged and won in the public school classroom by teachers who correctly perceive the role as the proselytizers of a new faith, a religion of humanity that recognizes and respects the spark of what theologians call divinity in every human being. These teachers must embody the same selfless dedication as the most rabid fundamentalist preachers, for they will be ministers of another sort, utilizing a classroom instead of a pulpit to convey humanist values in whatever subject they teach, regardless of the educational level, preschool daycare or large state university. The classroom must and will become an arena of conflict between the old and the new. The rotting corpse of Christianity, together with all its adjacent evils and misery, and the new faith of humanism, resplendent in its promise of a world in which the never-realized Christian ideal of love thy neighbor will finally be achieved. It will undoubtedly be a long, arduous, painful struggle, replete with much sorrow and many tears, 
But humanism will emerge triumphant. It must if the family of humankind is to survive. Close quote. So they understand what's at stake at education, too, and they have their own educational agendas. I'm speaking of the people in union with the enemies of God and the church. Whether they know they're in union with those enemies is a different issue. You can read The City of God by St. Augustine if you want to see the whole game plan. He, he lays it down there quite clearly between the city of God and the city of men. At any rate, Father Hardin, the late great Father Hardin, S.J., writes a little bit about home education. I'll read you a little bit about that, and we'll keep going. Why home education? Father Hardin. In stating my thesis, I might have said many things like home education is helpful for the family, or home education is a valuable asset for family life, or home education is a powerful aid for the Catholic family, or home education is all but necessary for the Catholic family. Each of these titles would have been true but inadequate. Instead, I chose to speak on Home education is necessary for the survival of the Catholic family. Why this title? Because it is literally true. Let me be clear. I am not merely saying that home education is necessary in the modern world. This is not a conditional necessity. It is not just because the modern world has become so widely and deeply secularized that home education has become a necessity. No. I make bold to say that one of the main factors contributing to the secularization of once strongly Christian cultures has been the neglect of sound, orthodox, authentic, courageous, magisterial, historic, Catholic teaching and faith and morals by parents in the home from the dawn of the infancy of their children. The issue we are addressing is perennial. Either Catholic parents provide their offspring with the education that children need or the inevitable happens as it has happened. Our main focus here is on why. Why are parents so necessary for the proper education of their children and the corresponding survival of the Catholic family? The reason is really a cluster of reasons, all derived from what we know about human nature and divine grace. Number one, we are what we have received. The first reason is the mysterious law of interdependence. We depend on others for whatever we possess. This applies, first of all, to our physical nature. Only human beings can reproduce other human beings. This reproduction is not only bodily, but also mental or volitional. What do we know that someone else has not taught us? What do we love except what others have helped us to choose and appreciate? Under God, the primary, most important person in our lives to enlighten and inspire us are our parents. Parents, in their turn, are to recognize that the children they brought in this world are not meant for this world. The children's destiny is eternal. It is the parents, more than anyone in the world, who are to prepare their children in time for eternity. Number two, parents are the primary sources of grace. It's important. No one reaches heaven without divine grace. No one receives this grace except through another human being who is the channel of this grace. Parents are the primary channel of this grace for their children. We are saying here much more than meets the ear. We are saying that in God's ordinary province, the parents are the main instruments of supernatural light for their children's minds, the channels of spiritual strength for the children's wills. In a word, the parents are the principal conduit by which God communicates the graces that children need to reach heaven and to save their souls. This primacy as channels of grace for their children comes 
from the sacrament of matrimony which Catholic parents have received. Matrimony assures them of a lifetime of God's grace to love each other in faithful charity and chastity until death. Matrimony also assures them of a lifetime of God's grace for the upbringing of their children and loving obedience to God as a precondition for reaching a heavenly destiny. The purpose of marriage is to raise families for heaven, nothing less, and there can be nothing more. One of the great blessings of modern home education is that it is waking up so many parents to their God-given responsibility. In the providence of God, he allows no evil or suffering without intending to draw greater good precisely as occasioned by the evil or pain. The widespread secularization of organized education in so many parts of the Western world, as indicated by the thing I just read you, has served as lightning and thunder to rouse complacent parents from their complacency. They are beginning to ask themselves, what is our duty as parents? What should we do to join forces with other dedicated fathers and mothers who are making such great sacrifices for the home education of their children? Close quote, Father Harden. And today, in fact, we're here at Thanksgiving for the sacrifices that the parents have made to educate these young people we have before us. A few more quotes, and I'll close. Pope Pius XI. The family holds directly from the Creator the mission and hence the right to educate the offspring a right inalienable because inseparably joined to the strict obligation, a right anterior to any right whatsoever of civil society and of the state, and therefore inviolable on the part of any power on the earth. Leo Thirteenth. By nature, parents have a right to the training of their children, but with this added duty that the education and instruction of the child be in accord with the end for by which God's blessing it was begotten. Therefore, it is the duty of parents to make every effort to prevent any invasion of their rights in this matter, to make absolutely sure that the education of their children remain under their own control in keeping with their Christian duty, and above all, to refuse to send them to those schools in which there is danger of imbibing the deadly poison of impiety. Close quote, Pope Leo XIII. Capinal comments to the graduates. The object, the sacrifices, all the different things your parents have gone through to give you homeschooling is something that you should be grateful for. You will not see in this life how important that has been. You can only get a glimmering of that. But it should be a very great motivation to you for holiness and gratitude towards your parents for the sacrifices and forgiveness of your parents. None of us come from the Holy Family except our Lord, so it hasn't been perfect. Maybe it's been painful. I don't know. I'm not in your situation. Especially the seniors. Don't be dazzled. As you leave home, go to college, go to work, whatever you do, don't be dazzled by the world. It may be exciting, but you've got to be humble. Your parents, the priest, we're not trying to ruin your fun when we give you all these rules. We're warning you about things, and that's really the object. There are many young people that leave home and leave the faith. Some of them make it to heaven because God is merciful. Some. You have to be careful to keep your balance. In a time like this, it's easy to lose your balance. Everything's available. You can't really scandalize anybody. You can get away with anything you want, that's for sure. But keep your balance. 
Keep the faith. Keep obedient to the good things you've learned from your parents and forgive them for anything bad you've learned from. God bless you and we'll continue with Mass.